Welcome to episode 135 of The Climate Champions. Check out past episodes on theclimatechampions.com. I'm Lee Crevat, host of The Climate Champions. If you or someone you know is a climate champion, please let me know at crevatenergyinnovations.com. This week, my featured guest is Zach fox Duval, the host of We the Children, a podcast about climate change and global warming solutions. Each week, he interviews expert guests and tackles hard topics on caring for our planet and from an 11-year-old's perspective. Check it out at wethechildrenpodcast.com. This podcast is being brought to you in part by the Department of Energy's Advanced Grid Research Group, whose purpose is to accelerate innovation in electric transmission and distribution technologies and create next-generation devices, software, and tools to help modernize the electric grid. Well, I'm back from Distributech, and wow, 17,000 people, a new record, with many new solution providers and technologies to help people mitigate climate change. I was surrounded by climate champions. Check out my LinkedIn post or my YouTube channel, The Climate Champions, to view the video wrapping up the week. A little bit more about Zach. He owns a dog named Ewok, a cat named Pax, and he has two moms. His production team consists of his kindergarten and second grade teacher and friend, Claire Martyr. When he's not working on podcasts, you can find Zach in California working on magic tricks, chess, 3D printing, and his Rubik's Cube. Welcome to the Climate Champions. I'm Lee Crevat, and I'm here with Zach Fox Duval, host of We the Children, a podcast about climate change and global warming solutions. Zach, welcome to the Climate Champions. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you on the show. With regards to climate change, what was your motivating moment? Well, it wasn't necessarily one moment. It was more of an accumulation of experiences. In school, I learned about change makers like Greta Thunberg and Jane Goodall. And then I went to climate activist marches with my parents. And I spent a lot of time in nature, especially on our vacations, like Big Sur, Yosemite, Glacier National Park, the Redwoods, etc. Do you remember any moment where you said, I'm going to do the podcast or I'm going to do something about it? I don't know if it was necessarily like I want to do something about it. I just didn't think enough people were talking about it. My peers weren't really talking about it that much. I just thought it was an important topic that needed more speaking about. Fantastic. Now that you have it started, what drives you to keep doing it? The knowing that people are listening and I'm reaching people and maybe influencing them to make changes to their daily life. When you meet people that don't believe the data or don't believe that the climate is changing, how do you convince them otherwise? Well, we haven't really run into that many people. But I suppose if I did run into someone, I would tell them that, well, the numbers don't lie. Science doesn't lie. Science has shown that the climate has already warmed by one degree Celsius. And that things are already happening. Like, right now we're having a lot of rain here and flooding in California, and way more than we should be having. Like, here in California, it's usually dry, and now it's like, it's a lot of rain. 
I used to live in California and we wanted rain, yeah. but we didn't want this much rain all at once. No, this is like what we get in a year, in a week. And what we're seeing are these events that are once in 10 years or once in 50 or once in 100, but they seem to be happening all the time now. Yeah, that is not a coincidence. It's climate change. And as you said, there's plenty of science to show that. Yeah. So talk about your podcast and how you help change minds and educate people about climate change. In my podcast, we have a couple different segments. We have an interview where we interview a climate expert or a climate warrior, and that leads into a climate trivia section where we kind of put what you just learned in the interview to use with some quick trivia questions. Then we have Wacky Weather, where Wacky Waldo, the wacky weatherman, comes on and talks about crazy weather phenomena going on around the world. Honestly, a lot of them are here in the United States. Then we have the action step of the week, which is the very last thing we do. And we explain quick little things that kids and families can do to make a difference in global warming. You use the term climate warrior. When I first started this podcast, I was going to call it Climate Heroes. And somebody said, well, I won't be on the show if it's a hero. I'm not a hero. And I started looking for other words like warrior and champion finally was the word that he would accept to be on my show with. <laughs> well, they are heroes and warriors. I think so too. I really do. Can you talk about challenges that you've had getting your podcast up and running and being a podcast host? Well, we've only been doing it for like, it's been about a year now. And we haven't really run into like major challenges, but there definitely have been some little bumps along the way. Things like obviously forgetting to record or little stuff like that. But I think a big thing that happened was I was worrying that not enough people were listening or that people weren't really taking in what I was talking about. That's when I realized that even if they aren't, the people who are listening to it, it is making a difference on some people. And that really got me back into wanting to do it. In answering that question, you kind of turned it into a positive because you learned a lesson about it that was very valuable. What are you most proud of with regards to the podcast? I'm most proud that we get these cool people onto the podcast to talk to, like David Millarch or Emily Parker. And I'm really proud that, I mean, I just think it's really awesome what they're doing and how they think my podcast is a big enough deal to work it into their schedule. And also how in each interview, this isn't really proud of, but in each interview, at the end of the interview, I ask a question, what concerns you the most about climate change and then what gives you the most hope? And so far, everyone I've asked has said, kids or your generation. And I think that's really, it's really incredible how all the people I've interviewed have said that, even the kids. I don't think we're going to make it without you. So we definitely need your generation or it's not going to happen. My daughter just quit her job at a Fortune 500 type company to work at a solar company instead. So I'm really proud of her doing that. Oh, yeah, that's impressive. When you look ahead 10, 20, 30 years at the world, 
What do you think the earth is going to look like from a climate change perspective? My hope for our electrical grid is that it's going to be renewable, 100% renewable, and that hopefully we'll have the infrastructure for nationwide charging of like a fleet of electric cars and trucks, for example, and homes should be fully electric, fueled by that renewable grid. I hope that innovations like a company that's producing packaging based on seaweed to replace plastic are doing well and are pushing single-use plastic out of our economy. And we use plastic for what was originally made for, like to be a durable material, used for things like machinery parts, medical devices, and other things that need to last and need to be strong. And I hope that agriculture moves to sustainable method. I think sustainability is really the key word here, a circular economy. If you want to learn more about plastics, check out the episode of We the Children podcast called Oceans and Clouds and Plastic. Oh my! It's all about the ocean, and his guest, Emily Parker, is a marine scientist with Heal the Bay, a Los Angeles-based organization working to remove plastics from the Pacific coastline. Now, do you think we're going to make it? Do you think the earth is going to be fine or do you think we're in trouble? Well, that's, that's the big question, really. Yeah. Scientists have been saying that in five years, if nothing changes, then we'll reach the tipping point. I don't know. I really can't. I don't know how long it will be. I don't think anybody really knows. Yeah. I think five years, some science supports that. Some models, some models say that we have longer. Yeah. It's very complicated. I mean, rising sea levels are definitely a big part of it. Studies shown that at this rate that glaciers are melting, where I live, California, could be underwater in the next 20, 30 years. Parts of it, at least. Yeah, there's the Doomsday Glacier. Yeah. And scientists have said that if that separates, then we're in really big trouble because that alone can be a three to five foot increase. Yeah. Has the pandemic changed your vision of the future? I think it's it's just been a big distraction. It's fueled conspiracy theories, which always spill into any areas where science is critical. So that's concerning. The impact of all these disposable masks and gloves and hand sanitizer and landfills is also concerning. These aren't materials that break down easily, as we know. So overall, it has been quite a detrimental impact, but it's shown us how a disaster can really become worse when science is ignored and people don't cooperate to solve a worldwide problem, which both climate change and the COVID-19 pandemic have been and are still. Do you have advice for people that want to help to mitigate climate change? Like we talk about my podcast, action steps, little things that you can do make a big difference. We don't need everyone to do everything. We need some people, we need most people to do something. Making small changes in your everyday life does make a big difference. Like we have a compost bin at home here and we use it for our garden and we can even, we throw it out. A lot of the compost we just throw out, but it does reduce our food waste by a lot. 
So just like putting your stuff in a bin and letting it sit before you throw it out, that's a little thing that most people can do. And it has made a big impact. So advice for people, compost, recycle, if you can, reduce your food waste and buy things sustainably without as much plastic, that makes a big difference. Buy stuff that you're going to use for more than a month. Well, you should buy stuff that lasts longer than a month, but like fast fashion is another bad thing. People buy stuff, wear it once or twice, and then move on to the next thing. So buy stuff that you think you'll use. Donating stuff that you don't want is also something you can do, for example. I heard about at least one website that makes it easy to not throw something out and instead list it as something that you're willing to give away to somebody that wants it. The website I'd heard about is freecycle.org, the Free Cycle Network. They are a grassroots and an entirely nonprofit movement of people who are giving and getting stuff for free in their own towns. It's all about reuse and keeping good stuff out of landfills. And membership is free. I just joined. Yeah, like donating it to Goodwill and then people who can't afford it from a store can go there to buy it if you're not going to use it. Do you have any questions for me? Your company focuses on clean energy grid and clean transportation. What gives you the most hope in that area? And how long do you think we have until a fully renewable grid and transport system that is fueled by clean energy? Well, you don't pull any punches. Um, so one thing that's very exciting because of what I do, I'm on a lot of boards and advisory boards for companies that are trying to make change with regards to climate change. And I've seen so much progress in the past 10, 15 years. It makes me hopeful because I don't see people changing as much as I think they need to change. But there's a lot of technology being developed that will make it easier for people. And I think that is going to be required if people are going to change their habits. With regards to how long it's going to take to have a completely renewable grid, I have a different belief. My feeling is that we should be focusing on making the grid mostly renewable, mostly carbon free, because we can go a long way there much faster then we can get to 100%. 100% is very expensive and very difficult right now, but we can get to 60% or 70%, I think, before 2030. That's pretty fast. And I think as we're getting there to a mostly clean grid, we can take the opportunity to figure out how to get the rest of the way there post 2030. Not that I don't want to get to 100%, just that I think it's super hard to get every little bit out and we should focus on doing but we know we can do. Electric vehicles, I think, could go as fast as people are ready to buy new vehicles because I think they are wonderful. My wife and I both have driven electric vehicles only now for the past, wow, I think it's been 12 years of just driving EVs. So I know it's a better way to travel and anybody can do it. What really is helping is the prices are coming down. That needs to continue. I think the IRA bill is very helpful because it will give people tax credits based on those purchases. There's even a tax credit for used electric vehicles. Hope that answered your question a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to say on the podcast that I haven't asked a question that got that response from you? I just want people to pay attention. 
I think this is our single biggest issue in this point in time. And if we don't make progress in the next five years, as I was saying, we'll reach the point of no return. And this is particularly hard on my generation. I don't think most adults will feel the full pain of it, but my friends and I will. I do think we all need to have more conversations about climate change. We need more fossil fuel companies to get on board to help. And I would love to see like a documentary or a TV show or something with kids and families talking about how to fight climate change and how families can work towards solutions. But honestly, sadly, I don't think a TV network would be interested in doing that. Well, on that very somber note, I want to thank you and also wrap this up with a wrap. Well, I've listened to your podcast. I will listen again. I just loved We the Children. When you're a podcast host, one thing you can't afford is to forget to hit the button that says record. The thing about your podcast that you think is the best is just that you are being visited by each and every guest. You're looking for a future that's renewable and carbon free. You want to see gas free trucks and every car and EV people to make a difference. They have to rearrange, but not too much because they can make just a small change. Do you think it's super important? We need less plastic. And if we could just use it for what it was made for, that would be fantastic. And one thing that you didn't want to forget to mention was you you just want to have people pay attention. Listen, I'm glad when it comes to climate, you're on the attack. When it comes to being a podcast host, you certainly have the knack. Thank you so very much, Zach. Wow. How do you just come up with that? Well, thank you. It was impressive. It's no surprise that all of Zach's guests feel that Zach and his generation are the biggest hope for the planet. First, they're the ones that will be impacted the most their entire life. Second, they aren't as set in their ways and have more of a capability to change. And third, those of us that are a bit older, like myself, are fueled by wanting to help to create a better future for our children and their children. If you have comments or questions about the podcast, please visit my website at crevatenergyinnovations.com and drop me an email. I would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the Climate Champions podcast series, please subscribe. Rate it five stars if you're an Apple user and tell your climate concerned friends about it. And check out my new YouTube channel. Just search for The Climate Champions and Lee Crevat. Zach was motivated to act because the topic of climate change wasn't getting enough attention. And let's face it, it's the biggest problem we're facing today. Maybe the biggest problem ever. Spreading the word, and I happen to agree, a podcast focused on climate change can do that, is a great way to help mitigate climate change.